The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. Ken and Cheryl here with Dr. Dave Kruger, Executive Coach and CEO of MentorPath. We're going to be talking today about the secret language of money. Well, people are always seeking ways to better their lives and their careers, but during a time of recession when people are fearful of their financial situations, they are particularly in need of some sound advice on the best ways to accomplish their goals and meet their needs. Today we're privileged to have our first repeat guest. Uh, Dr. David Kruger was with us earlier in the year and shared his excellent book, Roadmap to Wellness. But today we're going to address some of the psychological issues underlying the way we think about money and how we can change our thinking to better align with the results that we seek. With a lifetime of research and experience to draw on, Dr. Kruger shares his philosophy on money matters and his practical approach to dealing with financial challenges. Let me give a little bit more of background on Dave. Uh, he's an executive coach, as I mentioned, and has his own company, MentorPath, uh, which involves executive coaching, publishing, and uh, it's also a wellness firm. His approach integrates the insights of psychology, neuroscience, and professional coaching to help executive clients and, of course, others who um, take advantage of his materials on the next uh, chapter of their business stories. He's author of 16 um, trade and professional books on success, wellness, money, self-development, and uh, many uh, scientific papers. His coaching and writing focus on the art and science of success strategies, what he likes to call mind over matters. Dr. Kruger formally practiced and taught psychiatry and psychoanalysis and was clinical professor of psychiatry. He's listed in the best doctors in America. He's been listed a number of times as well as America's top psychiatrists founded and served as CEO for two healthcare corporations and co-founded a third startup that went from venture capital to uh, merger and acquisition. Welcome, Dave. Thanks so much for taking time from your busy schedule and joining us today. Thanks, Cheryl and Ken. It's a privilege to be here, and you know how much I respect uh, the work that you guys are doing. Well, when when, uh, you came on the show earlier in the year, you mentioned that you were working on your new book, The Secret Language of Money, and of course, we've been anticipating it ever since, and I was not disappointed at all when uh, we received it in the mail and I got a chance to read through it. I was just captivated uh, by it and could uh, readily identify with the realities of how I think about money. Why did you write The Secret Language of Money? For over a couple of decades as a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, I heard a lot of money stories when 
working with executives and professionals, money is one of the three most common things that emotional issues hitchhike on. Now, this is unofficial research. The other two, since you ask, are food and sex. But, for example, I would hear people bargain with themselves, you know, after I make a million or after I make five million, then I'm really going to be happy. When they got there, they'd either have to up the ante or they'd say, well, I'll really be happy if I get to 10 million. So as a coach then, in the last decade, I, I no longer practice psychiatry and psychoanalysis. In the last decade, I've been an executive mentor coach, and I continue to hear money stories. So what I wanted to do is to integrate this work, my research, neuroscience, as well as strategic coaching, to help make the reader fluent in the secret language of money. You can learn the language and create an informed, strategic, successful money story. So this is really kind of a Michelin guidebook for your relationship with money. And a good guidebook will provide information, illuminate options, map possibilities, even mentor a journey, but it won't tell you where you should go or what you should do. Right, and, and I, can, uh, I can see where you've done a really excellent job to uh, kind of weave all of those different missions uh, together into a, just a real coherent, um, uh, thought-provoking uh, uh, book. And, you know, why do people think that money can solve their problems and, and make them happier? Well, money can solve many problems or at least make them easier. If we think about all the things that money means and represents, the one thing common to everyone and all options is money is about choice. It creates choices. In fact, someone once told me, I've never seen a problem that money's made worse. Now, with maybe exception of drug or alcohol addiction, mm. he has a point. But then we overreach. We try to make money solve more than it should. It gets pressed into service because it's such a commonly accepted social and personal resource, and it does make people feel self-sufficient. We compare our inside to somebody else's outside and somehow think money might be able to bridge that difference. David, it's so good to have you on the show again. Uh, <clears throat> you received rave reviews last time, and I'm sure that will be the case this time. If you don't mind, let me kind of reflect back on some of the conversation we had in our earlier show and if we can tie this together for our listeners, we get these questions all the time, and I'd like your take on this for the benefit of those that have been following uh, you know, our careers, listening to the show, and want to uh, follow our system. And the question is this. In Job Search and Total System, as you'll remember, we're all about working harder, smarter, longer to achieve a better job, better pay, and better life. And better pay, in terms of money, is a key part of this. What we're doing right now, Carol and I are working very hard on building a one percenters club, and that has to do with a personal commitment, which we have on page seven in our book. But my question is this. For the benefit of our listeners uh, and listeners in the future, <clears throat> share with our audience how they will benefit in working harder, smarter, longer to achieve a better job, better pay, better life. In other words, can we build in them an incentive to do exactly what they need to do, not only for themselves, but for their wives or families or kids or neighbors or friends and their extended family? That's really a good question, Ken. Uh, I would approach it in this way, that someone, and, and this is going to sound a little strange coming from a, from a uh, recovering psychoanalyst, someone does not need to be motivated 
to do something. What they need is to have a plan and stick to it. So in terms of what you're talking about, I emphasize all of those, and especially the smarter, because smarter really looks ahead to see where you want to get to. Having a goal enhances motivation. Having a strategy helps to create a greater focus. So when someone has a plan that incorporates their own ideals, their own values, and their own needs, and puts that into a strategic plan for certain goals where they know exactly where they want to get to and have the strategy for that, it's dynamite. All of them is going in the same direction in that way, as you've described in job search. Excellent, excellent. and, and that, that's so true. And we're going to be talking about that throughout the program because it's so integral to, uh, to everything that, that you're recommending and that we also uh, echo in the total system. You say that, that we give money meaning. Can you explain how we do that and how it can often cause us to behave in, in un, uh, well, really counterproductive ways? Well, we attribute emotional value to money. We build a relationship with it. We make it bigger than it is. We do various things with money that money was not intended to do. We try to regulate moods or increase self-esteem, even uh, influence others. We try to emotional pains, by the respect of others, the, the, the statement that money makes itself, we can make money make any statement. It's kind of like the Rorschach on an ink block. It's just a splash of ink, but what we attribute to it can send anyone from their own fantasies to create exactly what they see. Money becomes the ink block. We make it the legal tender of our desires. So we project ourselves, what we need, what we want, what we fantasize, what we fear, all onto money. Dave, picking up on uh, my earlier point, if I can, if I can tie this again, page seven of the book, we have what we call a total system personal commitment contract. And in your career, my career, and Cheryl's career, all of our careers, those of us who try to help others <clears throat> really work hard to develop a contract with that person. It can be psychological, it can be in writing, it can be in any number of ways. But what we did here is lay out what we call a personal commitment contract, and basically these are the responsibilities of the person that makes them accountable to achieve the goals that we're setting for them. If you would, share with our audience uh, how important that contract is to them relative to achieving better pay, better job, better life, more money, or any of the other things that we're talking about. There, there are two aspects, Ken, that I think are so very important. One is that you're really outlining not just a work ethic, like putting in a certain number of hours, but, but you're outlining a performance ethic exactly. by looking at where you want to get to and how you want to get there, what the end point is. So it's not just putting in the number of hours, putting in the work. It's really looking to a specific goal and having that have an effective outcome. Secondly, what you're also talking about is a commitment device. When you think about it, we have all kinds of commitment devices. We began with teaching our kids about commitment devices by giving them a piggy bank. makes it awfully hard to, you know, break into it and spend money. There, there have been some studies on commitment devices. When someone is asked if they're going to vote, it increases the chance that they're going to vote by 35%. When 40,000 people were asked if they were going to buy a new car, 
it increased the odds that they were going to buy a new car by 25%. Exactly. Think about the other kind of commitment devices that we have, like automatic enrollment for retirement or for savings, automatic annual increases and contribution rate. Those kind of things are making a good decision once, and you don't have to get up every day and debate it. You just fulfill your plan. You just stick to the plan. Exactly right, and that's exactly what the system is all about, and that's exactly what your book and everything you've done is all about. It's it's truly helping people achieve their goals, but having them realize how they need to take responsibility and accountability to make that happen for themselves, their families, and all of their extended family. And you mentioned another important aspect, and that's writing it down. Uh, USA Today did a study where they looked at New Year's resolutions. Lots of people make, make New Year's resolutions. Four percent of those who made a New Year's resolution, when they talked about it, kept it. When they wrote it down, 44 percent. Tenfold increase. So when it's committed to paper, it makes a difference. And if they write it in blood, it will really make a difference. <laughs> Real tangible, specific. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're uh, we're going to take a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to pick up in your point about the fantasies that people have, and uh, and talk about how we uh, how we weave those in with our money. So stay tuned, and we'll be back shortly to talk more about how you can have a richer and fuller life. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Best. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
myself. Hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Dave Kruger about the secret language of money and in the first segment, uh, Dave, you talked about the fantasies that we often create when we think about money. What are some of the most common foolish ways that people waste money? Well, when, when you look at it, we really do some strange things with money. Intelligent people spend money they don't have. Sophisticated people scheme and get scammed. Rational people trade in leisure time for money to buy back some of what they just forfeited. Some gifted people can't figure out how to exchange their talent for a proportionate income. People who are otherwise balanced may spend extravagantly or hoard compulsively. Even reliable people can ignore financial matters until they snowball. And, you know, we're here in Texas and Houston, so we know from Enron and from Sanford, people with integrity write their own exceptions to rules about money. So well, you- Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we well, all of us wonder about successful people who step over the line, you know, so far that they do illegal things with money, you know, and like these financial, so-called financial investors who built people and so forth, and and the corporate executives who forget, you know, about their fiduciary responsibilities to to the shareholders and their employees and so forth, and they spend company funds in in ways that are, are ineffective or or on their personal needs and so forth. Well, what is their secret language? What's, what's driving them to do this? Good question. A couple of, um, a couple of things just to mention as, as part of the, the prelude to that. Making money or spending money really changes a state of mind. It activates the same pleasure center in the brain that cocaine does. So the act of spending money can be potentially addictive. So a lifestyle of increasing accomplishment, fame, wealth, power can all be state-changing and can be cumulatively challenging. Anything like money or any process like spending then can become its own story and eclipse its own author. There are a couple of conditions that, that we've seen that increase cheating behavior. 
One is that the more people are removed from money, the increased incidence of cheating. And when you think about it, the more money is abstracted, the less you're dealing with it in a real way. A simple example is people spend 23% more when they use a credit card as opposed mm-hmm. to using cash because it's an abstract deal. And the, the, the scams that we've seen don't use very simple things. They use symbols of symbols. They use derivatives, mortgage-backed securities, options, that sort of thing. And secondly, the thing that increases cheating behavior is when a social environment exists where you see cheating around you. And that may be what some of the things uh, are going on that we see at, uh, at the firms like Madoff and in uh, Sanford that, uh, that creates some, uh, some, some real compromises. Um, almost as though it's creating a new norm. They, they, they almost uh, put out of their mind that it is, is uh, compromising behavior. Yes, because it is state-changing, and there's the competitiveness to excel, exceed, make, make more, and then it takes on a life of its own. Dave, one of the things that's fascinating about this conversation is how it ties into everything that Joe and I are doing and working on. And we just kind of, if I can, talk a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> for our audience, we are continually talking about the importance of how you, regardless of your love in life or position of the company or anything else, can truly achieve better job, better pay, better life by being honest, by working harder, smarter, longer. You don't have to be a cheat. You don't have to be a crook. One of the things you talk about, Dave, which I'd like you to respond to, is how in your resume, as you'll remember, we talk about accomplishments that impact the bottom line of the company. Now, you talked earlier about how much you can make or spend, but when we talk about how an individual in our program can talk about the impact they've had on their company's bottom line, how much they've made and saved their company, it's done in a very positive light. So they win, the company wins, and everyone wins, and that's basically how our system works. Your thoughts on that, sir? What you're saying has been validated by some very, very recent research from some premier neuroscience labs about how that kind of affirmation, that kind of social value is enhancing, and it creates a sense of accomplishment, lights up a particular part of the brain, it vaults someone into a greater amount of achievement. Let me give you just a simple example for that. If someone has an insight or a particularly inspiring experience, three different parts of the brain light up, and that vaults them into a more creative state of mind. If, on the other hand, you give someone information, a fact, a command, a directive, instructions, nothing no part of the brain lights up. They go on and do their routine. So I believe this illustrates the importance of what you're saying and the importance of contributing both internally and externally and says something about the, the role and the value of leadership in recognizing and affirming these accomplishments. Today, what you've just described is exactly what I've been looking for from the standpoint of the medical impact it has on an individual. I can just tell you from experience over many, many years of teaching thousands of people in seminars that I've seen it work, I've seen it happen, Cheryl and I have seen literally tens of thousands of our clients achieve better uh, better pay, better life, and got excited about it and pumped up about it. But we never knew the medical reason for it, and you've just explained that in 
very concise detail. I really thank you for that. Why aren't people more aware, Dave, when when their actions are opposite what Ken's talking about, when they're when they're wasteful or dishonest or illegal, and stop what they're doing? You know, I was talking with an internationally known self-help guru about the concept of this book some time ago, and he said, you know, Dave, I don't know how to tell my money story to myself in order to know what to change. And this was an area he trafficked in, but I think he captured the essence of it, that we really aren't objective about our own stories. It's difficult because we are so subjectively aware because we have ways of defending and justifying and not looking beyond the immediate moment. For example, only four of ten people who carry debt know how much debt they carry, have any clue, actually. So there's a form of, of denial about this. And another aspect from a different direction, we struggle to embrace change. Many of the methods to facilitate change are contrary to the way the mind and brain works. And neuroscience, quantum physics, strategic coaching have a lot to teach us about change and how we resist change. So basically our money stories tell us less about money and more about how the human mind works. And at times, both our minds and our brains can work against us. You know, when, when you think about it, when you think with one part of the brain and feel with another, you need a map. So sometimes we have to outsmart our brains. Yeah. Well, it almost seems like an oxymoron to outsmart our brains. <laughs> what, yes. what do you mean by, uh, by that? Well, uh, think about how we may respond to events or, or experiences. Poker players call it tilt. When they win big or lose big, they often have difficulties subsequently because they're more emotional. What this does is shift their thinking to their right brain, their emotional brain, and that can seize and hold hostage their left logical brain. Think about collective tilt, the way that our country has been responding. For example, 433 people voted on a proposal. It failed. If only 12 of those 433, 433 people had voted yes instead of no, the outcome would have been exactly the opposite. The result, in the next few hours, the stock market lost $1.2 trillion. And that was obviously the, the, in the fall, uh, the, the debacle we had uh, about, the, about the market situation. One senior, equi- senior underlying equity trader on Wall Street said, you just felt like the world was unraveling. People started to sell, and they sold hard. It didn't matter what you had, you sold. So what we need to do is find out ways to have a strategy and stick to it regardless of the circumstances. Now, one example is uh, I have in my blog uh, on the book site, www.secretlanguageofmoney.com, 14 ways to outsmart your brain to spend less. So it's something that we need to consider because the moment we begin to make money more than a simple, tangible thing that it is, we stop understanding it. The more we give money meaning, the more we lose what it really means. And and no one is immune to this. Let me give you an example. My, my wife and I play heads-up poker, and she confessed to me not too long ago after we played a considerable amount of shit. You know, Dave, with your book coming out, there's something I, I think I need to tell you. She said, you have a tell. And I said, oh. 
She said, whenever you draw a really lucky hand, you have a slightly smug look on your face and think you're brilliant. (laughs) Only a wife would figure that out. No one is immune. (laughs) But but what great feedback. I mean, boy, that is exactly the kind of feedback you need to have. (laughs) Well, we have just a a few seconds here before break, Um, uh, Dave. Well, let's go ahead to the break, and we'll pick up when we get back. We have a lot more to share, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com, thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. Inactive activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Dave uh, Kruger talking about the secret language of money. And uh, we left at the break talking about how we got to outsmart our brains. And, you know, we associate language uh, with, uh, uh, you know, money and, and related items uh, with, um, with value, and we don't even know we're doing it sometimes. I, I saw on uh, page 11 of your book where you talk about as good as gold. Well, what makes gold good? Well, here's a 10-second uh history of money, Cheryl. Two goats were exchanged for five bags of rice. Then coins come in as a symbol of value, which is a tangible unit of exchange. Then paper bills, then paper checks, then plastic, then a pure abstraction of numbers that are stored as configurations of electrons. So there's a value to having something tangible and real. Now think about it. Madoff and Stanford didn't do their sleight of hand with gold coins. They used symbols of symbols, as we talked about, derivatives of little-known equities. And as money becomes more abstracted, the transactions are easier, but then our understanding of money fades and our relationship with it changes. So all the time, gold coins are tangible, real. You can hold them, bite them, wear them, even hide them, and they're still there. Now, call me a mind reader, but I would bet that you don't want to wear Iron Rolex. Yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Gold glitters. Dave, just to pick up on a little of our earlier conversation, I have a thought I'd like to share with you and our listeners. And that is, once we have our clients become one percenters, and that is those that sign the personal commitment contract, truly understand what's involved in working harder, smarter, longer, achieving better job, better pay, better life, and they understand the impact that they have had on organizations in terms of making and saving money for them, doesn't it then hold true that once they understand this, they're much more receptive to understanding, believing, and following your advice on the sacred language of money? They are, and and there are two parts of that that I want to highlight. One is your system that you're talking about and working with them, that you are an accountability partner. Another aspect, and, and I'm going to bring in some uh, another brief reference to the neuroscience labs because I think they're offering us some fascinating material. When you believe in someone, it changes their state of mind and moves them to a place where they are able to think more expansively and more synthetically. So believing in someone does something to this. Now, we know that as parents from early on, and that's the main thing we do with our children is to believe in them. But with clients, we find what to believe in and help them strategically move and articulate, move toward and articulate their goals so all of that fits in the same process, much as you described. And when you see these kids today, you know, so many of these kids are so wonderful, work so hard. I mean, I do a lot of, as a Marine Corps veteran, I do a lot of volunteer work with veterans and those coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and it's heartbreaking to see how little they know and understand about how they can apply their value system to the work environment. So many companies 
turn their back on them because they're afraid of PTSD and so many other things. And, and Cheryl and I are working desperately to help them achieve better job, better pay, better life. And it, what we're talking about this morning is exactly the kind of thing they need to do, not only to make their companies successful, but to make themselves and their families successful. I think that's admirable, and it's such an important and useful application. I think that will make a difference for now and next, for descendants of the people you're working with. It will be its own legacy. Well, thank you very much. Well, Dave, uh, to get on with um, the secret language of money, I'd like to have you share some of the simple tips for learning our own language, so to speak. Okay. Um, Part of what keeps money language a secret is that it remains largely unspoken. You know, think about how from early on in a family, whatever we see parents do with money, how they regard money, how they see the assumptions and and have the beliefs around it, what they see as what it can and can't do, what people who have more or less do, those are all things that we're unconsciously taking notes about and we incorporate as our own belief system. So in the simple equation that beliefs drive behavior, behavior drives performance, part of understanding our own money story and our relationship with money is coming to recognize and own the beliefs that we have, not all of which are conscious, and many are complicated because they're unspoken, and some are emotional, so it makes them a little bit elusive. And an aspect of this Uh, is to recognize the internal dialogues we have about money when we decide to exchange our money, our time and energy, for something else. So the first step in looking at understanding our money story, and and I have a a system called the Roadmap System. Roadmap is the acronym for the seven steps for change to guide a relationship with money. The first is to recognize authorship. In other words, to recognize you're writing your money story from assumptions to every choice about earning, spending, and saving. And the second step is to own your story, an accountability that is the prerequisite to change. So this is an initial aspect that's often difficult, is to be objectively aware of our money story, and this is a a significant part of the initial uh, work that we do with it. Dave, uh, I just thought of another perfect application of everything we're talking about. <clears throat> Regardless of your political leanings, uh, watching these uh, what I call teabag parties uh, is just so wonderful. I mean, these are average, everyday Americans who are coming out and saying, we're tired of the waste, we're tired of the corruption, we're tired of all the things that are going on, and we're giving away the future of our children, our grandchildren, their legacies, and so forth. It seems to me that when people truly understand what we're talking about here, they're just so much better prepared to understand not just their own money system, but the the system of the government and how they individually can help us, what they call, take take our country back. I agree with you about the importance of it because what you just described is the antithesis of what I mentioned about how we don't talk about money how we don't talk about or recognize or objectify our money stories. So the more that we have an awareness of this, the more that we talk about it, the more that we can actively address it. Because there's a dichotomy 
that we, we talk a lot about money and making money and economies and, and, and markets and that sort of thing. But when you really get to our own money story, four out of ten people, as I mentioned, don't even know their own debt story accurately. And whatever remains unconscious will be attributed to fate. So the more we make conscious, the more we take in our own hands the writing of that money story. Everything that we think and feel and experience are what we create this moment. And we are writing our own life stories, our own money stories. So the more that we're aware of that, as, as you've mentioned from, from that vantage point, the more that we will able to will be able to accurately and in a meaningful, fulfilling way, write our own money stories. Well, and that's really what is so powerful about what you teach, uh, Dave, is that is that you can make a decision to, 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 you know, to make the change that you want in your life and to make your money story more consistent with the values that you really hold and want to exhibit. And you talked about earlier, Dave, how we can outsmart our brain. And, for instance, if spending makes people feel good, at least in the short run, are there ways to get that same good feeling or even better through saving? Well, that's a, that's a really good question uh, and, and a very crucial one. There are some things that, that we can do. Um, I mentioned one in terms of commitment devices, in terms of automatic savings. Here's an example of that how to structure yourself regardless of what, what your company does, if, if you're in a company. When, when companies automatically enroll their employees in a retirement savings plan, the, the employee has to opt out to not participate. In, in other words, they have to make a choice to say, I will not save for my future. So when it's automatic, it's 100% initially, then it levels to about 86 to, to 94%. Now, on the other hand, at companies where it isn't automatic, someone has to choose to opt in, 20% participate. That's a four-fold difference. So the huge non-secret here is that you can set up your own automatic contributions. Another kind of answer to your question. Some neuroscientists in London have shown that imagining a future purchase has the same effect in the brain as getting it. So we need to imagine what we're going to get, the pleasure or the reward or the effect that we'll have and see if it's really what we want and really make then a logical decision rather than a decision that in the process of spending alters our state of mind. Saving is easier when it's for something specific that we can envision. Again, here we're creating a future memory by having the vision and once you have the vision and the experience of doing something, then it's just a matter when we come back, we've got more to share, so stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. 
earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with job search the total system now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality one total system user shared this is without reservation the best advice on job search available i used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today while you're on the site please check out tcs university which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes career assessment total career success tracks links to coaching services and much more read get off the treadmill the total career success blog from ken and cheryl dawson and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com total career success better job better pay better life and now a weather update winds out of the south southeast at nine miles an hour citizens of america this is a message from feedthepig.org do not be alarmed we are here to help you save yourself according to public records americans spent more money than they earned in 2005 this is the first negative savings rate in the u.s since the great depression america we must change our behavior We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to feedthepig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Self-leadership is more important than corporate leadership. In the hustle and bustle world we live in, we need to be reminded that in all failures and successes, we are the common denominators. Each week, let Daniel Gutierrez help bring you the tools you need to manage self-leadership, resulting in self-success. Make your mark in your industry. Make sure you listen to Right Here, Right Now, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with David Kruger. And in the last segment, uh, you ended with a really important point, uh, David, about imagining our future reward to keep us focused on what we want to accomplish with our money and, of course, uh, in in, um, accumulating money and so forth. And one of the mantras that Ken has alluded to several times in Job Search a Total System is a, a better job, better pay, better life. But inherent in that statement is the challenge to define for oneself what, you know, how, how that better should come out in your life. 
and in the secret language of money, aren't you really making the same challenge? Yes, uh, I am. The brain can't distinguish between what you actually see and what you envision. The same kind of firing happens. So what we do then and, and what we've come to know is that creating a vision of a successful experience or inhabiting a goal is really creating the neuronal pathways and the neural network that is of that successful experience. And by reviewing that twice a day, beginning of the day, end of the day, we etch that experience and find a way to back into that in a strategic way. Let me give you an example. At University of Ohio, they did uh, a study of dividing the basketball players into three groups. One group practiced 30 minutes of free throws for 30 days. The other group had no practice. The third group practiced only by visualization and for five or ten minutes because they didn't have to do rebounding and nobody had to shake the ball. At the end of 30 days, the group that practiced 30 minutes each day had a 24% improvement. The group with no practice, 0% improvement. The group that practiced only in their minds had a 23% improvement. Essentially the same kind of result. So this is, this is just one of the many examples of how our brains can rewire and how having a vision and creating that is something that is a very important part of having a goal. Maybe the best guy in the world to watch when it comes to visualization is Tiger Woods. Yes. My dad was a golf pro. We grew up with golf, and unfortunately, we never learned many of the concepts that the new golfers. But, I mean, I've been watching Tiger so long. Matter of fact, Joe and I, when he was 15, was in Houston. We played in the Pro-Am, and he was hitting the ball 300 yards when he was 15 years old. But watch Tiger Woods, and visualization is something that he does all day, every day. It's one of the things that makes him as outstanding as he is. So there's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Absolutely. Let me give you one quick golf story that is from a different uh, vantage point, Ken. Major James Nesmith was captured by the Vietnamese and imprisoned, and he was in prison for seven years. And he knew that if he were not to go crazy, he needed to do something. So every day in his mind, he played golf. He before he was captured, he was an average weekend golfer. He had broken 100 twice by one score. Each day, for six or seven hours a day, he would, in his mind, get up, put on his clothes, warm up, drive to the club, do his various kinds of, of exercises, hit the ball, walk to the next one, smell the flowers. At the end of seven years, playing golf in his mind every day, seven days a week, shot a 72. Dave, when, uh, so many things that we could talk about over the years. In the Chicken Soup series, which I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, I have sure. so many uh, of their books on veterans and war stories and uh, families of veterans, and there were just so many wonderful, inspirational stories. And in addition to one I'm playing golf, a gentleman that was a POW sitting in Hanoi Hilton built his house in his mind. He knew he was getting out. He had total faith, and he said, well, you know, what am I going to do while I'm sitting here? And he literally built his house in his mind. And when he got out, he went home, had the money, and built his house exactly as he visualized it. Interesting. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Absolutely. 
Those are great stories, and it shows just how powerful the mind is uh, when we focus it on, on really what our, jo- our goals are and values. And I want to get back to that because one thing you say in the book I think is really important, that wealth is a side effect of success. Why is it important to uh, keep that in mind? Well, money is a marker. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the result or just a, a measurement of success. To think about it a different way, every success story is a love story. It's the passion of doing what you were meant to do. The passion is the process. It's not the marker. And, and, and money is only one measure of success. The map is not the territory. So I think it's important that we keep the big picture in mind and look at the whole purpose, the why. You know, one of the one of the best quotes, and I can't quite uh, grab it right now, but it was, you know, there are two great days in our lives. One is the day we were born, and the other is to, when we discovered why. So the why is so important, and the why, if you really look at it, is not about money. Money is the epiphenomenon. It's the result. So if you look at what someone really wants, they're thinking about how money is a bridge to that, and it may or may not be for some things, but it can become a substitute for that and then a disappointing alternative when the real story and the real person is lost in that process. I think that is so, so important. Uh, I saw a spread in the Wall Street Journal, uh, I believe it was last week, and they were talking about some of these uh, Wall Street uh, folks that have lost their jobs in the last year or so. Yes. Many of them, you know, were making quarter of a million or even more, big money, and some were very young people that were, were at that kind of level. Uh, and then they found themselves without alternatives in their chosen chosen field. They had to rethink completely what their values are, what was important to them. And it shared a number of stories about folks went in totally new directions, and they were no longer able to make those quarter of a million dollars, but they redefined for themselves what happiness was, what success was, and now they might still be entrepreneurs, or they went into uh, entrepreneurial-type uh, directions, uh, and they found satisfaction, even though they weren't making the same as they were making once before. That's such an important point, and think about how that can be possible for everyone without even having to have a crisis to crystallize the process. Everyone can go through that process of really examining what's important, how to recognize and change a money story, and realign themselves with their own true ideals and needs and see how money does or doesn't fit into that and see the hey, place hey, of money. Go ahead, David. Hey, for our listeners, that is exactly what this is all about. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please listen and listen carefully to what Dave just said because a lot of people say, well, I don't have the education, I don't have the talent, I don't have the ability to keep putting themselves down. What we're saying is that you do. It is absolutely amazing, these skills, abilities, and talents that you have that you're not aware of. Please listen. Well, Dave, we just have a few seconds here, but so we want to make sure people know how to get your book and your resources. Well, thank you. Um, There is a, a site devoted to the book. Uh, www.thesecretlanguageofmoney.com There's a blog there. There's uh, If anyone listens to this prior to tomorrow, September the 22nd, I have an evening with the author. I'd love for you to register for that and 
uh, discuss the book there. Excellent. Well, Dave, thanks again for being with us. This was a great show. I wish we'd had more time. Uh, Perhaps we can have you on again, and thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Dave, thanks so much, buddy. It was great. again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week.